You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Today's episode of Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Joined today by uh, Aram Layton to change the plans, what I was supposed to do today, but I'm really excited about it. Aram is the host of the show... Uh, locked on MLB prospects and locked on Marlins, but he's here today to talk about St. Louis Cardinals prospects, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, Aram, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about a pretty exciting system here with the Cardinals. Yeah, it's definitely a good system. We're going to talk about a couple different prospects today, uh, starting off with, with Dylan Carlson. Before we get into any of that, Aram, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? I know you've done play-by-play work at the minor league level, and just kind of what got you into the prospect pool. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I do play-by-play, I call play-by-play in the minor leagues, and that's something that I love to do. But I realized that I always had a desire for more and wanted to dig a little bit deeper rather than just calling the games. So I've always been doing some writing, and I decided to start doing some prospect analysis. I had some buddies that I played with in high school down in South Florida who are now making their way through the minor leagues, which also piqued my interest in following and keeping close a close eye on it. And we would always talk about, you know, some of the standout guys in the minor leagues and who they faced and whatever. And it just really got me into it. And over the last couple of years, I've just been studying prospects, writing about them, watching video, getting a chance to see them when I call play by play. And it just all kind of fell into place where this was something I knew I wanted to do. And it's something special to be able to look at some players now and say, okay, that guy's going to be the star of tomorrow. And you don't know, you're not always going to be right, but it's fun to at least be able to educate people that don't have a chance to see all the minor leaguers play and you know, let them know that the future of their team might be brighter. If you're not too confident in the future of your team, why there might be a diamond in the rough that you should look out for because every system has that there. And then the other thing that's really exciting about the show is, is through uh, you know, just the connections with the minor leagues and just people, I'm going to be having a, a minor league player and a top prospect on every single week. Uh, on the show, like this week, literally releasing this week, I think in the next day or two, um, I'm going to have Nick Gonzalez, this number seven overall pick from the Pittsburgh Pirates. That episode will be out. I already interviewed second round pick outfielder Griffin Conine last week, which is already up too on the MLB prospects, locked on MLB prospects podcast. So a lot of more, a lot of exciting things going on right now. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about the Cardinal system because I'll start doing a farm system evaluation of all 30 teams soon and Cardinals are one of them that I'm actually looking forward to well good deal I, mean, I know that I appreciate it sometimes the minor league players get uh you know lost in the shuffle um so it's nice to have somebody that really has a passion for it so if you haven't listened to it yet then or listeners you can head over to Locked on MLB prospects for um breakdown of everything um so I want to start today with kind of the big fish in the Cardinals prospect pool and that is outfielder Dylan Carlson um, they're, they're really high on him. In spring training, I think he had a six or seven game on base streak. He impressed in summer camp. He's not in the majors yet, uh, but Arm, 
what what do the Cardinals like about Carlson? Well, there's not much to not like. You know, the the one thing <laughs> that was Carlson's issue early on was the strikeouts, right? He was striking out a bit too much. When you look at 2017, he punched out uh, right about almost 30% of the time. And you could see he made tangible adjustments to to improve upon that. Um, they, they weren't these crazy adjustments, but if you look at some video from 2018 to 2019, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because this is what gives me confidence that he'll continue to hit at the next level. It's no fluke that he had this breakout year because he really made a concerted effort to cut down on the strikeouts and to uh, you know make more consistent contact. The amazing thing is he was able to still hit for power. He mashed 26 home runs this past year. So when you're looking at a guy that's got five-tool potential, you know he can hit for average, he clearly can hit for power, he's got a good arm, he's a great fielder, and he can run a little bit. He's just the all-around type of player you, you really can dream on. And now that it's all coming together for him, there, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Cardinal fan. I think what really worked for him is he made those adjustments to cut down on the strikeouts. You could see where he would choke up with two strikes. He never used to do that before. He widened up his stance a little bit. He shortened his stride. And these are all things to maximize contact. And he did lose a tick of power in 2018 doing that. But I think that was an important building block for him because then he added more aggression back in 2019. Yes, the strikeout rate went up a little bit, but he had already learned how to hit for more consistency and and have that contact and power combination. And you can see now where he has an actual two-strike approach, which he didn't have before. And that should play pretty well up to the major leagues. Yeah, and based on what the Colonels are doing with their 40-man roster, that, that could be sooner rather than later. There's an article in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that was posted yesterday and updated a little bit. But the Cardinals, they're making moves for him. And just real quick, just to finish the note on Carlson, he's, he's listed just as an outfielder. What do you think his best spot is? Yeah, I mean, he, he can he can play he can play pretty much all three outfield spots. To me, he's going to be the type of guy that can can handle center field, no doubt. Um, I think he he's got the arm to play in the corners too, and I, I'd stick him in center field as long as I can. You know, there's just such a valuable spot. You want to see if if anybody that can hit can stay in center field. You see, the Seattle Mariners are trying to see if Kyle Lewis can stick in center field. I think. He has a better chance, and Carlson has a better chance to stick in center just because he moves a little bit better, and he's, he's got a good arm. I think no matter what, it's fine. He can, he can play all three spots in the outfield, uh, but if you can get him in center field with his production, that's pretty scary uh, because that's corner. The type of production he has is corner outfield production. So if you have a guy hitting 20-plus home runs that's playing center field for you, I mean, that's just a scary recipe. Yeah, scary for sure. With the Cardinals' kind of weakness in center field, that that might help them out if they're if they put put him in center for a little while. Um, before we move on um, to a couple of different trades, uh, one lefty pitching prospect that I want to talk about was Matthew Libertor. Cardinals got him in the trade for Jose Martinez. Had a question on Twitter saying, "Is he a relatively sure bet?" I know that the Cardinals, it was thought at the time that they were going to flip him for Arenado, but it seems now the Cardinals are, are kind of stuck on keeping him and having him be a mainstay in the, in the rotation in three, two, three years. Yeah, I mean, with the high school arms, you you know that it, it's a little, usually a little bit or a lot more risky than drafting a college-level arm. But Libertor was one of those unique exceptions where you had a polished guy that was just way ahead of his years when it comes to just being a high school pitcher. He could already command multiple pitches for strikes. 
He had really advanced command. You could see right in his pro debut, he wasn't intimidated by the older competition, always pitched way above his level. My only concern, and I say concern just to to be harsh because he really is a good-looking pitching prospect, is that as of now, yes, he's safe, but he doesn't have that really go-to out pitch that I I could say, okay, that'll be a plus pitch at the major league level. He does have three pitches that are already going to be average pitches at the major league level. So you're looking at a guy that, to me, worst case scenario is a back of the rotation arm and a solid like three or four starter that's a left-hander. You you love that. But if you want Libertor to become this number two type of pitcher, which is very possible, he just needs to either refine that breaking ball or get a couple ticks on the fastball, which I think is more than possible, given that he has such a big frame. I believe he's six foot three, six foot four, and he's still filling out. And I wouldn't be shocked if he if he's up into the mid nineties, upper nineties by the end of next year, because again, he's only a high schooler, I, and that's why I would say he's a relatively safe bet to be a major league starting pitcher. It's just, can he reach his ceiling of being a, a number two guy? Maybe but he's going to need to have a more go-to secondary pitch rather than you know three average pitches right now. But I would take three average pitches from a kid that's just pitched only a year and a half out of high school any day of the week. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Once again, joined on the Locked On Cardinals podcast by host of the Locked On MLB Prospect podcast, Aram Layton. Thanks for joining us, um, joining me rather. <laughs> um, before we get into this year's draft, there's one other prospect I wanted to talk about, and 
It's the number two prospect in the Cardinals system. Nolan Gorman, left-handed third baseman. This guy has some extreme power. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely does. And when you have that power from the left side, it's something that's just really you can just get excited about. And pairing that with Carlson already up and some of the other guys that the Cardinals have built around, built around excuse me, it's, it's exciting. And to get Gorman 19th overall, you talk about how Libertor is an advanced pitcher. Gorman, for a high schooler, is a pretty advanced hitter. Yeah, the, the batting average you know, may not play up in the higher levels. You know, he dropped a tick last year in high A ball, but he was you know, by far one of the youngest players in the league and still held his own, hit 256, and still was able to hit for a little bit of power. But he needed to get that little taste of high A where I, I guarantee if he comes back next year, he will be more than comfortable in high A and probably have a great year and quickly move his way up to double A. This is the type of player that will climb through the system pretty quickly. The batting average, again, doesn't really alarm me or the consistency offensively contact-wise because he has really good splits. You know, they're pretty consistent. When he was hitting really well in the lower levels, his splits against left-handers were good. In the upper levels, they stayed consistent, which is really encouraging because when you have a power-hitting left-handed hitter, you are a little bit worried about how the splits will play, and you don't want him to be set up for failure every time a left-hander's on the mound. I don't think Gorman will ever have too many issues against left-handed pitchers, and that's a big win there because his power is, is really just ridiculous. And I, I'm excited to see what he can do now when he maybe gets to A or the PCL where he can just put up some crazy offensive numbers because the Florida State League is a tough place to be able to really hit the ball consistently. It's a pitcher's league. And that's why he was thrown in there as a kid, basically as a teenager, and held his own. I'm encouraged about him. And it's a shame we didn't get to see a whole season this year because he'd probably be in double A by now. And that's just absurd given the fact that he's only 20 years old. And, you know, when I see the date of birth anytime after 1999, if I see 2000, it's crazy to me, but he's (laughs) climbing through the system quickly and and he's going to be up there. I think he could easily be up there by the end of next year. No, I mean, he's definitely got some, some power, and I know that that's what they were really high on him. And as we move into the, from one third baseman to another, the Cardinals' number one pick this year, uh, Jordan Walker, listed as a third baseman. He's already um, sixth in the Cardinals' prospect rankings, according to MLB.com. Um, what was the Cardinals' thinking pro- thought process behind drafting Walker and then behind drafting another third baseman if they already have Nolan Gorman? Yeah, you know, it's a good question. Um, with Walker, you're hoping that he maybe can play a few other positions, you know, maybe he can play a corner outfield spot. Maybe he's a first baseman. You just don't know yet because he's only 18 years old. And that's the tough thing is when you draft these high schoolers, you don't know how they're going to fill out in the next year or two and how things are going to go. He's already 6'5", 220. So you figure <laughs> how much bigger can this kid get? He's got a rocket right. for an arm. He, he's not fast by any means, but he's not slow. You know, he moves well for an 18-year-old that's six foot five, two twenty. But you wonder how much he's going to be able to continue to move, you know, like with, with any ability as he continues to fill out if he does any more and as he gets older with that big frame. But speed's never going to be the name of his game. It's the power and it's the rocket for an arm he has. You know, he was a legitimate pitching prospect too. He could throw it up to the mid-90s. He was one of the best players, high schoolers in the country. The only reason that he wasn't drafted higher was some signability concerns. A lot of people... A lot of teams did not think that he was going to be signable, 
especially because he was committed to Duke, which is an up and coming program in uh, college baseball. They were one game away from the College World Series back to back years. And uh, he want, I know he wanted to be a part of that program, but also his parents, if I'm not mistaken, graduated from MIT and Harvard. So they're definitely educators, and I'm sure they would have loved him to go to Duke and get his degree. Obviously, the Cardinals mm-hmm. put forward an offer he couldn't refuse. And I like it because, yeah, you don't really know where he's going to play yet, if he's going to be a third baseman, first baseman, corner outfielder, whatever it is. But you just know that you drafted somebody with – freakish tools with potential double plus power. I, I really think that when you see the 60 grade power, it's more just because scouts don't know yet. We, we don't know what, what he is capable of against some higher level pitching and we'll have to just see, but I, I could see 70 grade power out of him potentially, which is just ridiculous. Um, but that, that's what I see from all the clips I've seen from this kid. And he's only going to get stronger and more consistent. The question is the hit tool. Is that going to play up at the next level? I don't know. And, you know, there were some swing and miss issues in the summer circuit. That's going to be the only concern. But he's 18 years old. He's got plenty of time to figure it out. And that and where he's going to play defensively are the questions. But the tools are undeniable. And I like the pick. Is It's high risk, but it's very high reward. Yeah, definitely a high risk, high reward on that. But one player that isn't getting a lot of attention that you said you had a fun story on is left-handed pitcher uh, Levi Prater. Uh, what's the interesting story on him? Yeah, Levi Prater, well, first of all, a great pitcher. I got a chance to watch him a good amount in the Cape League, and he is a good left-handed pitcher that I think was very underrated in the draft and put up some good numbers at Oklahoma. But his story is incredible because he you see that he, he kind of struggles sometimes with the glove. and He's got a little bit of a funky delivery. And his story is that when he was a kid, he had actually lost several fingers. I believe he only has one or two fingers in his glove hand in uh, an accident when he was a little kid. Um, I believe it was um, with a lawnmower. And it was really unfortunate, but he learned how to pitch and play baseball growing up and continued to just figure it out. And, you know, being a pitcher makes it a little bit better for him. And he is honestly a really intriguing prospect in this shortened season had a few really good starts, especially his final start of the season against San Diego state. He punched out 13 in seven innings. And the question for a lot of teams was, you know, can this guy stick in the starting role or is he going to be more of, you know, a reliever type to me? I think that people are overstating the reliever risk because he really has the ability to spin a slider and a fastball that used to sit 90 to 91. Now he's up to 92, 93 by the end of the Cape League season. He's already got three pitches that he can throw for a strike. He's a good already all around. I think when you look at Matthew Libertor, he's, he's not quite that, but he does have the three average pitches already. And you can kind of see him playing up through the system quickly because of the fact that he has those three pitches. I think that's going to work really well for him. And the worst case scenario, you have a left-handed reliever that's got a wipeout slider to really take out left-handed hitters. Um, and he's good enough against right-handers to be able to stay in the game with that new three-batter rule. But I, I think he's going to get every chance to be a starting pitcher, and he should do a good job of it. Well, time will tell. And, you know, that just goes to show with the, it's the losing the fingers. Literally anybody can play baseball if you work hard enough, so you, you love to see that. Um, Aram, I wish we had more time to talk more about draft picks, but unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I uh, really appreciate you joining, joining me and giving, us, giving my listeners some insight on the Cardinals prospects.
Of course, and I'd love to do it again soon because there's uh, plenty of prospects I'm happy to talk about. Wonderful. Go over to M- Locked On MLB Prospects to listen to our own breakdown, all the prospects, and we've got some great interviews on there. Um, so go ahead and go over and listen to that. Um, and for tomorrow's show, I'll be doing a series, most likely a series preview for the St. Louis Cardinals coming up against the Chicago White Sox. My thanks again to Arm for joining me. This is the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Follow it on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals. Stay safe, stay well, have a great day.